A lot of writers have told me that building characters takes time, developing a backstory and habits and flaws. You begin with a blank slate and some hunches, and you go from there. It's not altogether unlike hiring talent, which is where ZipRecruiter comes in. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, more than 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. So it keeps the Ignatius J. Rileys and Bartleby the Scriveners out of your workplace and in fiction where they belong. You can simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash 10-minute. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash the number 10-minute. This is the 10-Minute Writer's Workshop with Jonathan Safran Foer. Author, outspoken vegetarian, social media abstainer, and writing teacher, Jonathan Safran Foer is the author of three novels. Everything is Illuminated, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, and most recently, Here I Am, which follows four generations of a Jewish family grappling with identity, connection, and disaster. He's also author of the nonfiction book, Eating Animals, which was a New York Times bestseller, and at least one libretto for opera. I spoke to him from a studio in New York and asked him which is most difficult for him, the first sentence or the last. They're all hard. Um, I had a friend who was a writer, I don't even know if what I'm about to say is appropriate for radio, but who said that writing is like pulling teeth out of one's penis. Um, It's just a very, very difficult thing to do from start to finish. And a first sentence is difficult in a way that is different than how a last sentence is difficult. It's hard when everything is a possibility in the beginning and there's no constraints which might nudge you onto a path. There's no infrastructure. And it's hard at the end when everything feels um, inevitable and that you know the choices in front of you are effectively none. Well, we are on a podcast, so the FCC is not commanding or listening to what we say, so that'll work. Oh, I, I wouldn't have said penis. I would have used a different word if I had known. Uh, you really, what would you have said? Vagina. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about that infrastructure. Like, how much plotting or planning are you doing before you even sit down to write? None. None at all. Or rather, none that I end up sticking with. I have a lot of ideas that I think would be good for novels, and whenever I try to execute them, I always stop caring at some point. And I think it's because it's hard to make a decision at one point in life and live with it over time. It's hard in books. It's hard in professions. It's hard in relationships. It's hard in, you know, oftentimes at the end of a meal, I regret the thing that I ordered at the beginning of the meal. Um, So what I try to do as a writer is to be open to a process that allows for stumbling upon things and accidents allows for the changing of my mind, allows for the changing of the world. You know, if you, most books take most writers two years or three years to write. So a lot happens in two or three years. You're not the same person at the end that you were at the beginning, and the world is not the same. 
The novel Here I Am, your most recent novel, I understand that took you 11 years to write? Well, yes and no. In those 11 years, I wrote a nonfiction book, Eating Animals, about factory farming. I had two kids. I watched a lot of TV. <laughs> I did, you know, ate a lot of popcorn. But um, the reality is I didn't have anything that I cared about enough. I didn't have a novel project that is that I cared about enough to work on it in the ways that are necessary for me. I came to writing sort of through the back door. It was not my dream to be a novelist. And I don't feel any kind of like pressure or obligation or guilt when it comes to the amount of time it takes to finish a book. Um, I feel pressure and guilt and obligation to myself when I notice that I'm working on something that I don't really care about. A byproduct of making any kind of serious effort is you question to what extent it's worth it. Were there unfinished works that you started at the time and maybe abandoned because, as you said, you didn't care about them enough? Yeah, many, 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 many. Although I don't always, or it's rare that I work that discreetly, so I could even say this belongs to this and this belongs to that. Hmm. More, I just write. I mean, there's a wonderful story about Jackson Pollock toward the end of his life. He was painting out in the Hamptons, and he would unroll these massive swaths of canvas, and he would paint the whole thing. And when it dried, he would walk over it and say, this is a good four-by-six painting. This is a good five-by-ten painting. And, and cut them from the larger piece and stretch them. And I, I write a little bit like that. I overwrite, and I write in a lot of directions. I'm not writing toward any known outcome, or at least not for a long time. Of course, there's a point when, you know, with like a novel or any work of length, when you start to really know what it is that you have in front of you and work toward its completion. But for me, that's maybe the last 10% of the time that I work on a book. You know, when I surprise myself with something comes up, that's not only is it more fun and more interesting, but the writing is writing I'm more proud of. I love that story about Pollock because it also recognizes that he recognizes that this four by six piece is the piece. How about that discernment process for you, knowing what is the good stuff after you've been working or thrashing or bumbling, as you said, through something? Well, I think that's a really, really good question or a good observation. It's much harder to know that something is good than to make something that's good, mm. if that makes sense. What always frustrates me as a writer and what really can you know drive me crazy is the feeling of being unable to tell what is good. Or another way of describing that, I guess, is that nothing looks good mm -hmm. to me. You know, the reality of writing is that if most people tried very hard and devoted real time to it, they could do it. I will never dunk a basketball, but if LeBron James wanted to write a great sentence, he could. And what distinguishes, I think, great writers from people who are not great writers or are not writers at all taste, you know, and not, not taste in the sense of knowing what is good in an objective way, because there's nothing objective to point to. There's nothing to refer to out in the world. But knowing what it is that you yourself respond to, and then making the leap of faith that if you respond strongly to something, there will be people in the world who also respond strongly. Do you have a fantasy job other than writer? I mean, being first baseman for the Washington Nationals <laughs> wouldn't be so bad. <laughs> Um, I think that job's taken right now. Well, all the jobs that I would want are taken right now, apart from, you know, being Zeus. 
uh, <laughs> I don't know. Being, I, I, I had always imagined myself as a doctor. You know, that's huh. that's what I thought I would do. I imagined myself as a, an obstetrician. I thought that would be a great way to spend a life. It's funny, you know. In a way, it's the opposite of being a writer. No obstetrician comes home at the end of the week and says, ugh, I delivered 20 babies, what's the point? <laughs> you know? But with uh, being a writer, the question of what's the point is, like, always there. Always. Whoever you are, whatever what kind of writer you are. And it's glaring, and it's very, very difficult to respond to because it's just not obvious. Jonathan Safford Ford, thank you so much for speaking with us. Thank you. Jonathan Safran Four, author most recently of the novel Here I Am. The 10-Minute Writers' Workshop is a production of NHPR, produced by Sarah Plourd, with help from Taylor Quimby. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the podcast, please leave a rating and a review, which helps other people find us. Music in today's episode from Broke for Free. I'm Virginia Prescott. Until next time, this is the 10-Minute Writers' Workshop from NHPR.